0: What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and today we have a fun one. I sat down and made a model this offseason, not the RS grades, which is my prospect model, but I was messing around, and I wanted to make a model that would take into account a player's RS grade, their year one output, so like points per game, yards per outrun, targets per outrun, PFF grade, and spit out a year two point per game projection, pretty much just based on talent, profile, all of that. Now, what I will say I'm not 100% happy with it yet. Like, it's not fine-tuned all the way. Like, I didn't get to spend a ton of time on it. I still want to go over it and make it better. So, that's not behind the paywall or anything. We're just going to look at that today. And I figure, you know, it's June. It's looking like redraft season is happening here. We're looking at ADPs. We're making rankings. I just got done making my first rankings on the Patreon. So, why not talk ourselves in to six year two wide receivers to draft before they break out? Because... Who doesn't like some early offseason year two wide receiver breakout talk? So with all that being said, if you enjoy any point, make sure down below, subscribe, leave a like. Let's go. So let's just talk through the model real quick, right? Again, I didn't want to let this go to waste. This is just something fun we did in the offseason. I just want to see if we can extract anything from it that tells us anything about this upcoming season because we can look at team level stuff and projections and look at you know pass attempts and all of that but I think it's a good angle instead of going super super macro from a team level to go you know micro and just draft the good players so how does the model work let's look at the inputs real quick and of course we got all the inputs right here I don't know anybody else that's out here that is sharing with you the inputs the ins and outs of all of their models but First, we have the RS Prospect grade, which we had. uh, That's 25% of the model. We've talked about this all offseason. RS grades, Ron Stewart grades. You get a grade from 0 through 10. And it just projects how good you're going to be in the NFL. Uh, You have anything that's a grade of 10 over as legendary, then elite, gold, silver, bronze, all the way down. Then we also have year one points per game, which is self explanatory, just PPR points per game in year one. Year one yards per out run, which is an efficiency metric. We have year one pass DVOA, which is interesting. Pass DVOA is essentially a football outsider's offensive efficiency stat. So it takes into account how good was your offense, right? Because if your offense was bad, then you're likely you know, sort of rising above circumstances. If your offense was good, then maybe you had some competition next to you. Just a good thing to factor in there. We have year one PFF grade, such so as your receiving grade on PFF. We've seen that that has been something that is uh, really indicative of future success. Anybody that had like over an 80 of their their uh, rookie year usually end up being studs. And then we also have total targets and total routes. I didn't really love using volume-based stats, right, just raw targets and raw routes. But... When I was testing these stats, they looked pretty good. I think that there is something to uh, the traps of kind of like a Tony last year where, yes, in small sample, he looked good on a yards per out run basis. But was he on the field? Was he running a lot of routes? Did he get that experience? No, not really. Now, I will say I wanted to add in targets per out run and expected points per game, which is just your volume uh, based on your targets and everything. How many points should you have put up? Neither of those really helped the model. So they didn't make the model. Total routes and total targets made it in in over them. And this is what we get, right? Those outputs or those inputs then give you this. This is your outputs. Now, again, prospect here is just uh, RS grade, right? So like legendary, elite, gold, silver, bronze not showed here. But this is what we end up with. This is our top 25 wide receivers since 2009, sorted by their year two point per game projection from my model we could see it really like jefferson odell beckham jamar chase i had them all projected for 20 plus points per game only justin jefferson kind of didn't hit that mark but it's pretty close especially with these guys that are like 14.95 uh points per game projection and above like it got pretty close like i have their actual year two points per game here on this chart then their year two point per game projection which is an output from the model comparing that what's the absolute value of their difference so how close was the model and pretty much until you get down to like cd lamb it's pretty dang close across the board now of course it's not going to be perfect but i tested that all the way down for qualifying wide receivers You need to have a certain amount of uh routes ran and everything and it's pretty good it has an average of 2.5 points per game off the actual year two points per game, so it can either be it can either overshoot it by two point five, it can go under it by two point five, but it usually falls within that range, which I think is like pretty solid, right? It gets us a feel of what we can kind of expect from these guys in year two. Now the moment of truth is: does this outperform year one points per game? Like you can just look at year one points per game, and then that can correlate to year two points per game, and that does that pretty well for you. But I wanted to add a little bit more context to that, which is why we added to year one points per game or prospect profile. Offensive efficiency, targets per out run, or not targets per out run, but yards per out run, all of that stuff, and this is what the moment of truth tells us. We did a uh, correlation between actual year two points per game, and then that first graph on the left hand side is year two point per game projection compared to actual year two points per game. The one on the right is year one points per game to actual year two points per game and we get a sizable advantage here right we have like a, a r squared of in the point sixes on the left hand side what's that 0.655 and then on the right hand side a r squared or r squared of 0.527 so both are pretty strong but the year two points per game model does beat out year one points per game so it's a better indicator of year two success than year one points per game which is the important part of this entire thing now moving on from that we have the model in place. Ron, how does that help us with the 2022 class? Well, we ran the 2022 class through the year two point per game model or projection uh, point per game model. And there's some interesting takeaways here. What I did was is I took every single player's year two point per game projection. We sorted it by that, right? For all of our 22 wide receivers that qualified. And then we have their positional ADP on underdog. So Garrett Wilson's the, uh, the wide receiver nine right now. Drake Lyon is the, the wide receiver 24, Uh, Crystal obviously wide receiver 12 and then I use those positional ADPs and I took so for instance with uh, Garrett Wilson, I took the wide receiver 9 and points per game from the last five years average them all together And that is the points per game So 17 points per game has been your average wide receiver 9 overall over these last five years same with Drake London So your average wide receiver 24 overall in points per game has been 14 points per game now I will say it's not an exact science, right? Like if Garrett Wilson was to hit 16.65 points per game it's like roughly where you want to be at wide receiver nine so these projections are just like the last five year uh point per games aren't an exact science or exact goal of what we're looking for but i think it's a good way to just have every wide receiver have a have a you know a set point that they should try and hit and then see where the value is right where we compare their projection to their adp projection right so we have the year two rs grade projection with the green column here and then we're comparing that to their ADP point per game projection just based on, you know, wide receiver 9, wide receiver 24, wide receiver 12, how many points should they put up? And then we find the value, right? So we just divide them by each other and we kind of see, right? So Garrett Wilson is projected for about like 98% of what you can expect him for. Uh Drake London actually overshoots that 1.02. Now I will say, like, you're looking at Drake London, it's like, okay, Drake London is two percent over what he's expected for. Again, that's not the exact like calculation there. Every year is different in terms of points per game, like 14 points per game this year might be like the wide receiver 18 instead of 24 really what it comes down to is just putting them all in the same playing field and seeing who sticks out so to me anybody that is in green is a good value per adp anybody that is in red is a bad value per adp and that's pretty much what you can gain from this chart now what i will say is nobody's really a terrible bet as a year two wide receiver like even though olave looks pretty rough there christian watson Jamison williams Year two wide receivers are one of the best upside bets you could possibly have. It just means that these guys are pretty much priced at their ceiling already, and there's not a lot of value there. I kind of want to talk about the six year two wide receivers that are values and getting a little bit slept on here. Now, our first wide receiver we're going to talk through is Garrett Wilson. Now, obviously, this isn't a guy that is like unknown or unheard of or you know some steel type wide receivers a breakout wide receiver but we're going to get more expenses as we go Garrett Wilson is the 202 currently on underdog by the way if you're not already on underdog make sure you're on there I'll have a link at the top of the description I'll link at the top of the comments down below pinned at the top there'll be a link you click it it'll take you to underdog fantasy it'll use promo code Ron it'll match your deposit up to $100 and what underdog fantasy is it's a best ball platform you draft your teams on there you draft them. You don't have to worry about them again. It's best ball. They set the lineups every single time. I have like 200 lineups already or 200 teams already for 2023. And like when week four comes around, I don't have to set lineups. I don't have to, you know, set waiver wire stuff. It just is all ready to go. It's a great way to prepare for your redraft leagues in August, your home leagues, all of that. You get in these underdog streets where there's money on the line with people that are really experienced. And you're essentially, you know, broccoli from Naruto where you have all the weights on you. And you come into your home league, ready to rip. You take the weights off and you see, oh, Chris Olavi is the wide receiver 12 on underdog, but I go to my home league and I'm getting him in like the wide receiver 20s. That's an absolute steal. You can just go in there and dominate your draft. So again, promo code Ron, will get your deposit match up to $100. Check out underdog fantasy. Now, when we're talking about Garrett Wilson, the reason I wanted to bring him up is he's a second round pick. He goes to the 202 on underdog as the wide receiver nine. And I think people are going to be a little bit spooked by by that, right? This is a guy who finished as the wide receiver 30 in points per game last year, wasn't even a wide receiver two, and now you're drafting him as a back-end wide receiver one. Like, this has to be too expensive, which I think is fair, and it's a valid argument. But to me, I think the price is pretty much fair at this point, right? We're, we're looking at his year two projection here, 16.65 points per game, and that was based off of last year's offense, right? Again, it took into account the really bad offensive DVOA, which actually took things down a little bit. Um, and I think I explained that poorly uh, earlier with the offensive DVOA, offensive efficiency with football outsiders, you want that to be good, right? Because if it's good and you're actually out there putting up points competing, then it kind of has a competition level like multiplier to it. But if you did well in a bad offense, It's kind of empty volume, if that makes sense. So Garrett Wilson got pulled back by his offensive DVOA. His projection still comes out pretty close to wide receiver nine. And now he's going to be in a much, much better offense with Aaron Rodgers on this Jets team. And that year two projection, even for a guy that had a pretty awful offensive environment, it is the 10th highest year two projection of all time in this database here, right? You're looking here, you have like Jefferson, Odell Beckham, of course, Jamar Chase, Mark Cooper, A.J. Green, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, Sammy Watkins, Jalen Waddle, Garrett Wilson. And a lot, of these game, a lot of these guys are in that like you 17-plus know, point per game area, 16-plus point per game area, which would be like back-end wide receiver ones. He's also the third-highest elite wide receiver prospect of all time in terms of year-two projection behind just A.J. Brown and Jalen Waddle. He is a stud. He's being drafted at wide receiver nine. Wide receiver nine has averaged about 17 points per game over the last five seasons. He should be right in that area with Aaron Rodgers so to me he's not a screaming value he's not somebody that you're sleeping on or anything I just want to put it out there that early second it feels like a lot wide receiver nine it feels like a lot but I think it is a fine price the talent is there he had the sixth highest PFF grade of all time in my database for a rookie wide receiver his 16 game pace of 131 targets second most of my entire database by the way because we're using total targets and raw routes, I have to adjust any wide receiver in the last two years that have played 17 games so that they're not getting a leg up on the 16 game guys. It's annoying, but it has to be done. He also had 14.7 expected points per game, which is just his volume on targets. It factors out QB play second all time among rookie wide receivers in my database. And now he gets a massive spike in efficiency from Aaron Rodgers. And even somebody that is very, very conservative when it comes to projections, right? This video resuming in micro, on players that are talented, Mike Clay does the opposite. He goes team level uh, tendencies. He looks at the schedules, how pass-heavy should this team be historically. You know, what is Aaron Rodgers' touchdown rate, his targets, where do they get distributed? And from that, he came to the conclusion that he has Garrett Wilson as his wide receiver nine. He's super conservative again, and he has that wide receiver nine, which is, is, which is at his ADP. And this is a guy who had a 24.9% target share last year. Devontae Adams has had like 30% plus target share seasons with Aaron Rodgers. Mike Clay has Garrett Wilson at the wide receiver nine with just a 22% target share. To me, that is his absolute floor of target share. So if that comes up, there's so much wiggle room here for him to exceed that challenge for top five numbers. If he gets, you know, 28% target share, you're looking at a top five-ish type wide receiver. There's a lot to like here. Aaron Rodgers throws a lot of touchdowns on a low amount of attempts. There's really nobody else in that passing game that's really challenging Garrett Wilson for anything. He's going against Sauce Gardner, getting better every day in practice. Again, he's not the screaming value or steal that you need to you know put your friends onto, but his price is not overvalued. I think it's fair at that you know early second wide receiver nine, back end wide receiver one type price tag. Now, moving on from that, we'll get a little bit deeper here. We have Drake London, who on our 2022 class chart comes in second highest, right ahead of Olave, And he is projected for 14.35 points per game in the model. His ADP would have him at 14 points per game. So he's a good value when it comes to just like his talent level versus his price. Now, when we take Drake London and Chris Olave, they pretty much have the same identical year two point per game projection, right? They're both in that 14 point per game area. Yet London goes a full two rounds after Olave. Now, of course, there is a reason for this. Olave's quarterback is Derek Carr. He's going to be on an offense that should be at league average in pass attempts, whereas London's quarterback, instead of it being Carr, is Desmond Ritter. It's Taylor Heineke. It's on an offense that projects to be really run heavy. So he's cheaper, and that makes sense. But my point is that that's baked in, right? Him and Olave are similar talent bets. Dynasty, they go right next to each other. And if Drake London and Chris Olave swap spots, London would also be a second-round pick. So why not just take the discount and take him in the late fourth when his talent suggests that he belongs there the offense is already baked in all of the downside is already kind of baked in whereas usually when a eighth overall wide receiver has as dominant of a year one as drake london they're really expensive in year two we're getting a discount because of the offense and the issue is we're not all that good at projecting offenses right now again falcons are assumed to be league bottom in pass attempts even if they were just in like the 20s right if they were just like 20 to like 25th in pass attempts, London probably pays off. There's also the idea that Marcus Mariota was pretty awful last year. Mariota's going to be gone. Desmond Ritter is in. The games with Desmond Ritter last year, they had 29 pass attempts per game. Without him, with Mariota, they were at 23. So they look to want to pass a little bit more with Desmond Ritter. There's upside at quarterback as well, where Marcus Mariota was pretty awful. Desmond Ritter is likely not a great quarterback or anything, but he is an unknown. So what if Desmond Ritter has some untapped upside and is actually. Good, right? That's a pretty huge thing. And then also, Desmond Ritter should at least be a boost, a step up, whatever you want to call it, from Marcus Mariota. Like, this is a pretty brutal tweet here from Jacob Gibbs. You're looking at highest off target rates in 2022. You had Kyle Pitts at 29%, Drake London at 19%, both of them like in the top six here among all receivers, tight ends, and wide receivers. Just absolutely wild. Mariota was one of the most wildly inaccurate quarterbacks last year. Anything would be an upgrade. Now, we are also, again, not that good at projecting pass attempts. Again, Arthur Smith has his tendencies, everything, whatever, but things happen. Things change. It's the NFL. This is a really good tweet uh, or good chart from A. Nelly Lytics on Twitter. He's somebody that I uh, co manage a Devi team with. He's somebody that's really bright. And these are the raw pass attempts per game for every single team from. 2012 through 2021 so i know it's an old chart but it just goes to show nothing really stays all that the same in the nfl right like this is a mess year to year pass attempt numbers are not sticky whatsoever on a team level they go up they go down things happen on defense coaches change there's a million different things that happen it's pretty random year to year you can you know project the falcons to be towards league bottom in pass attempts but again if they just you know Pass in like the 20th, 25th pass attempts area, Drake London likely, you know, pays off. So let's say the public is right. The volume stays league bottom with the Falcons. How does Drake London win? There's still an out to that bet in my eyes, right? Wide receivers can beat low pass volume with efficiency, touchdowns market share. Drake London has all of that, right? Talent breeds efficiency. He is a very talented wide receiver. He was 77th percentile versus zone on Reception Perception, 71st first man, 69th first press. And he had some glowing reviews from Matt Harmon. This is a blurb from receptionperception.com matt Harmon does great work over there and this is his blurb on drake London. he says drake london has it all he brings size fluidity and ball tracking you want a prototypical starting x wide receiver his technical prowess and overall ability to get open is what makes him extremely enticing his rookie year success rates are similar to other future star level big receivers uh, like early career mike evans Allen robinson michael thomas the last player was my pre-draft and is still my favorite comparison for london so he really likes michael thomas as a comparison for Drake London, which is nice. And he said, I'm an ardent defender of Arthur Smith's offensive concepts and believe their extreme run-heavy tendencies during the Marcus Mariota games was a mirage born of necessity. London is well set up to succeed in the system. We still don't know how good Desmond Ritter is or will be, but he and London found an easy connection in the final chapter of the rookie seasons. Either way, reception perception shows that Drake London has all the tools in the world to be a star at the NFL level. A big receiver who gets open at this rate is hard to deny. So that is a really glowing review. He also touched on the offensive thing where they're likely not as run heavy uh, in a no Marcus Mariota offense. And then also Desmond Ritter, you can feel whatever you feel about Desmond Ritter. There's a an aspect of unknown to Desmond Ritter, which has upside for him to actually be good. Like kind of like how Arthur Smith kind of like whispered uh, or like QB whispered his way into Ryan Tannehill being good last year. We could see something similar with Des- or not Ryan Tannehill last year, but, you know, early days in Tennessee. We could see something similar with desmond ritter here and when we talk when we talk about efficiency drake london has it even on a terrible terrible offense all of his targets were off target he was 14th in yards per out run as a rookie last year which is crazy he was 29.4 percent target share guy which was fifth among all wide receivers he was 18th in red zone targets as a rookie at six four so red zone targets were already there he can score touchdowns with his big size he's going to get a huge market share of this offense even if it's low volume he had a 29.4 percent target share last year and he was 14th in yards per hour, which means he should be efficient. Now, again, there's lots of outs to this bet. The offense is baked in. It's priced in. This is somebody that could be a, you know, A.J. Brown in Tennessee, like low volume, just big efficiency, big touchdown type of year two breakout. Now, after that, we have George Pickens, Traylon Burks, and Jahan Dotson. It is a, I don't know, I was going to say a three-way, but just it just, I don't know, it's I, I wish I had something. It was, uh, you know, not a tandem, not a, not a threesome, but a group of three guys here uh, that I like. Um, and when we look here, they are actually all bunched in, right? So we're looking at Pickens, Jahan Dotson, Traylon Burks, and Christian Watson. Christian Watson not listed here because he's much more expensive than the other guys, right? He is going at the wide receiver 20 ahead of Drake London, actually. Now, I don't think Christian Watson is inherently a bad pick. I just think, again, he's priced at his ceiling. Now, when we look here at Pickens, Jahan Dotson, Traylon Burks, they're all green. They're all, you know, in spots where, you know, wide receiver 38 to wide receiver 40 for like sexy year two breakouts. Those are really, really fine prices, right? Right now he's going in, or right now all three of them are going in the seventh round, wide receiver 38 to wide receiver 40, which is a really, really nice price because I think that one of the three are going to end up smashing this year. Now, when we zoom out a little bit and look at kind of like what, other wide receivers have similar projections to these guys this is a list of wide receivers that are in that like 10 to 13 year two point per game projection area and i just wanted to see right again george pickens Jahan hondas and traylon burks to pay off at like wide receiver 38 to 40 or they're assumed somewhere in that like 11 point per game area but there's a lot of upside here right we're looking at a lot of wide receivers in this range projected in this range really overshooting that 11 point per game projection right again let me actually just bring up that 2022 chart one more time right so you can see their uh adp point per game projection for pickens Jahan dots and burks all around 11 points per game for them to really pay off they probably need to get in at like you know 13 plus 14 plus and what i'm trying to show is that there is upside for that of course there's downside right we have judy here we have lavisca chanel i'm just showing where they're bunched around these other wide receivers that had similar year two projections you know, they can kind of go either way. Like there's huge smashes here by Allen Robinson, 19 points per game. You have Austin Kali. You have Amon Ross St. Brown last year. You have Tyree Kill in his second year. Uh, you have Terry McLaurin, Stephon Diggs in their second years, Martavis Bryant, DeAndre Hopkins. Kendall Wright was even pretty decent in his year too. Mike Wallace, Alshon Jeffrey towards the bottom here, Cortland Sutton, Deontay Johnson. Like I, I do genuinely think that one or two of these guys is priced at that like 11 point per game projection. But, there's a, a a really big you know error bar here where some of them you know might end up being lavisca Chenault where they end up with like eight points per game and one or two of these guys might end up being league winners with like 14 15 16 points per game and on top of that again seventh round adp and we have guys here where we look at this list we have rashad bateman Just in terms of year two uh, wide receivers last year you have rashad bateman who's actually had a, a lower year two point per game projection than all of these guys right you have him Uh, a little bit lower at like 11.21 point per game projection last year you have Amon Ross St. Brown who was a little bit higher but all of them are in similar spots they're all similar bets heading into year two right where Bateman was a late first so was like Traylon Burks and Jahan Dotson Pickens a year two guy Amon Ross St. Brown weird calculus is like a day three guy that had a good year one but all of them have similar year two projections from the model standpoint yet Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson, George Pickens are all 7th round picks. Last year, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Rashad Bateman were both 5th round picks. Now, of course, Amon Ross, St. Brown absolutely smashed that value. Rashad Bateman, not so much. But what I'm trying to say is these three wide receivers and Pickens, Jahan Dotson, and Traylon Burks are similar bets to Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Rashad Bateman from last year, but they're priced two rounds too cheap. I imagine by August and the hype trains on these year two wide receivers get drawn up, I think we're going to see guys... Like Pickens, Dotson, or Burks, I think two or you know one or two of these guys are going to get priced up into like the fifth, sixth round. People are going to fall in love. My guess, my guess, I, I don't know. People do love Pickens. People, I mean, there's like there's different hives for all three of these guys. But I think when we look, you know, back in like August, I think these guys are going to be more like sixth round, fifth round type picks. When you know the wide receiver craze comes around, you know you see like a George Pickens one handed catching camp. So I think that these guys are really, really good values right now. When we talk about their, you know, who do I prefer between them? I'd say all three of them are good values. Again, if you have your preference, everybody kind of has their flavor of this group of three wide receivers. But if you put, you know, me on the spot here, I'd probably prefer Pickens or uh, Burks out of them. Uh, Just from, this is from the rookie wide receiver report last week of the season traylon burks has a 20.9 percent targets per run so he's earning targets at a much higher rate than pickens and dotson who were both under 15 percent his 1.75 yards per run made him more efficient than dotson and pickens really dotson's redeeming quality here is that he had a better pff grade than traylon burks but still both in like that low 70s area which is pretty decent uh so yeah give me burks he has upside with that big frame elite wide receiver prospect in the rs grades Uh, He was a first-round pick. Should be a low-volume offense in Tennessee, but Tannehill still going to be there. He's still a good quarterback, and like Burks might lead that team in targets, which is really interesting. Now, I will say, the second guy that I would put here, if I was to like rank the three of them, let's actually let's actually put Burks here at the top. We'll, We'll we'll like rank them here live. Next up, though, we'll put we'll put Jahan Dotson at two, and the reason for that is his PFF grade is better than Pickens. Uh, it's a little bit easier to kind of see how he, like, pays off than Pickens, And then he also just absolutely smashed reception perception, which, again, uh, Matt Harmon does great work. Uh, Jahan Dotson versus main in zone, like, wasn't amazing, right? 60th percentile, 64th percentile, 87th percentile against press at his size of, like, what is he, like, sub-185 is really, really strong. His entire route tree success by route was green, you know, above average in literally everything besides the flat route. So I don't think that's really even a route. He's somebody that looks kind of like your Deontay Johnson year two type breakout where he's going to be a really good route runner uh you know gets open gets separation I don't know that he'll ever have like a you know 20 plus top five point per game season but I think that seventh round price tag Jahan Dawson can pay off there and then you have George Pickens I don't really have a graphic for him but it's kind of easy to see how he pays off like he's this downfield big play x wide receiver he has some like Kenny Galladay Mike Williams to him where I think that he'll win you some weeks I just worry about him ever getting enough volume to reach, like, a really nice ceiling. I think you can also sort of project him as, like, third in targets on the Steelers behind Deontay Johnson and Fryermuth, so it gets tough. Kenny Pickett's also a uh, he doesn't have a strong arm, and Pickens ran, like, 30%-plus of his routes uh, as streaks in, like, a really bad Matt Canada offense. So you kind of have to piece things together a little bit more, but some people are really sold on George Pickens, like, raw talent. Uh, I'm not sure I'm there yet. I think that he kind of just has, like, flashy passes— Uh, and ends up being just kind of like a contested catch downfield type guy more than a perennial like 25 percent target share like wide receiver one in fantasy but again there's upside for all three of these guys just based on their year two points per game in my model they are all priced out of value in the seventh round i would guess one or two of these guys end up being pretty big win rate players when it's all said and done in 2023 It's just going to be a matter of picking the right one. Again, this is how I would rank them. But again, I think that I'm kind of splitting hairs. Uh, Again, I did my rankings over the weekend on Patreon. I think I ended up with all of them like back to back to back. So again, they're all in the same tier for me. We're splitting hairs. Again, I feel pretty strongly that one or two of these guys end up being kind of like a key to winning your leagues in 2023. Now, our last guy here is going to be a sleeper we're looking at the 2022 class again in terms of year two per game projection he's not even that high but i really like Rashid shaheed right he's projected in that same area uh right in that like 7.6 points per game as guys like alec pierce romeo dobbs you can kind of group him in with sky more i also do want to put a disclaimer i know that wando robinson's like oh my god he's a massive massive value it's tough because it's not going to factor in his acl stuff and then also he's like a low he's like a low ceiling wide receiver where he's like a low a dot slot guy so He's not somebody I'm really chasing, Wanda Robinson, even though his value looks pretty crazy at 1.3. Uh, but with Rashid Shaheed, he's a similar bet to Sky Moore, Alec Pierce, Romeo Dobbs, but those guys all go wide receiver 56 to wide receiver 62. And Rashid Shahid is going multiple rounds later than those guys, like 12 plus wide receiver spots later than those guys. So I really like Rashid Shahid. Even though he was an undrafted free agent, uh, he was kind of a monster last year where, I mean he just was like pretty good. I mean, if we look here at Rashid Shaheed, let me actually let me bring up his little play. Like he doesn't even have a uh doesn't even have a picture on Sleeper. He can't even get the respect of having a picture on Sleeper. But if we look above here, these were the year 2 point per game projections or the highest year 2 point per game projections for all fifth round or later wide receivers. Now we're making a little bit of an exception for Rashid Shaheed, pretty much bundling him in. I gave him like the lowest possible draft capital uh in the model. And he comes out as, like, the 10th best guy. And he's kind of grouped in with some interesting guys where, I mean, I'm not expecting him to be, like, Stephon Diggs, Tyree Kill, uh, Antonio Brown. But as, like, a, you know, like, a low-key, uh, like, Darius Slayton, Darnell Mooney, Hunter Renfro, Kenny Stills. Like, I think that those are, you know, sort of past where he can be these, like, Late-round, big-play wide receivers be better in best ball for you. I think that there's upside for him to actually be a startable wide receiver. But when he has his weeks, they should be impactful in your flex or whatever. I think that there is upside here. Like, he, he earned volume. He was very efficient last year. He popped in the rookie wide receiver report, which we'll look at right here. I mean... 78.6 78.6 PFF grade. He had a higher PFF grade than Christian Watson. 18.1% targets per out run was better than Jahan Dotson and George Pickens. 2.59 yards per out run led the entire class. Like he was efficient. Uh, he looked really good per PFF. Everything's there. He's never going to be like a 25% target share, like wide receiver one type guy. Again, that's kind of what we're talking to ourselves. Or you know, we're not we're not going to find that in the 14th round, Rashid Shahid. But what we're going to find is like a guy who's efficient. He can do a lot without that many touches. And to me, he's just as good as a bet as those other late-round guys as, like, Romeo Dobbs and Alec Pierce. Like, you have to really tell your story. Like, I think even, like, way better than Tyquan Thornton to me as well. Like, look at Tyquan Thornton down there. Alec Pierce was bad. Romeo Dobbs wasn't great last year. I mean, Romeo Dobbs is okay with that 20.5% target-prout run, but Rashid Shahid, like, multiple rounds cheaper than them. And I get that he's an undrafted free agent, so they don't have a lot tied into him. But I'll take that discount every day he's also getting positive uh, reviews again which like i guess you can kind of take these with a grain of salt but this is a tweet from underdog nfl rashid shaheed expected to be a bona fide starter alongside michael thomas and chris olave shaheed operated primarily out of the slot in three wide receiver sets and plan is to work him more there this season with olave and thomas more on the outside so he's already kind of expected to be playing in three wide receiver sets for the saints which is kind of all we can ask for. Michael Thomas isn't super, super reliable. Uh, Derek Carr is a serviceable quarterback for fantasy points, right? Like, we've seen him make, like, Hunter Renfro relevant. We've seen him make even, like, Mac Collins for stretches the last, like, couple years. I think even, what, like, Nelson Aguilar, too. So, it wouldn't shock me. Like, that Nelson Aguilar, like, I think that was 2021 that Nelson Aguilar was good for the uh, Raiders. It wouldn't shock me to see Rashid or he do something similar where he's a good spike week guy. Probably a little bit better in best ball, like, in these underdog drafts. But he's still somebody that if he's going to go 14th round... I think that he's interesting there. Now, that is going to do it for us today. Again, I just want to put a big fat disclaimer. This year two projection model is not gospel. It is not, you know, this holy entity. It is just something that I did as a side project earlier this offseason. I just wanted to show it to you guys, make some conclusions. If you guys want to say, you know what, this is an unfinished product. Ron's not even putting this behind a paywall. Why should I really care about this? You can say that, but I think that there are some actionable conclusions here of guys that are probably a little bit underpriced this early in the offseason, your two wide receivers are going to get steamed up, so I thought I would give you guys six breakout candidates before they get steamed up. So, as always, if you enjoyed, subscribe, leave a like, use promo code Ronan Underdog, and I will see you guys in the next one. I got the jokes, I got the juice. on. Foolies, glad I'm home. Even my haters kind of glad I'm on. Rest in peace to my vagabond. Rapper, song, singer, suspended subpoena for misdemeanors. Dreamer, hell back ass is Loki still a deer? And I still shake a both squat.